In today's show, it's a mailbag show. I'm joined by Adam King. We're going to be here taking your questions. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball on the old Substack, joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we're here back to answer your questions, and I'm here with Adam King. Kingy, welcome. Morning, mate. Still rocking the mo. I like that. I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it. I'm just going to grow the beard under it, so I've just got a little bit of extra thickness okay. across, across the lip there just for you know, for annoying people, really, just to keep it looking <laughs> looking fresh and looking... Uh, looking uh, dangerous. So we're going to answer questions that you guys have. I can see there's quite a few of you here already. Um, let's talk about this one because there's a lot of, going to be a lot of questions about Minnesota. Daniel Paisley says, how fake were Naz Reed's five blocks last night, Kingy? Pretty fake. Um, yeah. I mean, he's going to, he'll, he'll get a bit of a bump, but he's not going to get five blocks every night. Yeah, they're very fake. No one's averaging five blocks per game, but it's not just that. Like we, we all, I think we all understand that. We all understand he's not going to get five blocks per game, but He's also not going to play 22 minutes a night. That's the most important thing. Gobert was in foul trouble. He had eight foul, uh, sorry, three fouls in eight minutes in the first half. So Reed played more minutes. They didn't really cross over at all. We didn't see Reed at the four. I think they might have done it for five seconds. Like it wasn't very much at all. So basically, if Gobert plays 33 minutes, Reed plays 15. And you're not blocking five shots in 15. You might block two. And he's going to be useful for deeper formats for sure. But what he did yesterday is a complete outlier. So I don't fall for it in a 12-team league, I don't think. More Minnesota stuff over Nova 85. Is Kyle, I assume that's Kyle Anderson, is Kyle Anderson just a streamer or a hold in a 12-team league? Uh, I think he's probably a hold. I think as long as you're not expecting him to score buckets of points, he'll do what he did last night. I think he got he racked up uh, at least one sort of one stat in each in each category last night. Blocks, assists, rebounds, steals. That's yeah, what he does. Like he'll have yep. like a you go eight, 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 one, one with one three. Like that's, what he, that's what he does. My concern a little bit there is he played 39 minutes last night, and this is without Jaden McDaniel. So he's a factor in there. Obviously, you don't expect mm. Wendell Moore to start every night, and maybe Jaden and Anderson start together. That's pretty rough shooting, Anderson, McDaniels, and Gobert. Not that McDaniels and Anderson are terrible shooters, but they're low-volume shooters, and they're not reliable shooters. So I don't know what they'll do with that situation. And the problem with the Timberwolves is now in the next five days, they play one game. But... I would still hold Anderson through that, given what we saw last night, given how much they did pump into him minutes-wise. Um, and then we'll, we'll reassess it you know, after the next game and see when uh, Jaden is back. Okay. Here's a good question from Yosemite Ham. Who has more value rest of the season, Bones Highland or Herb Jones? Uh, hmm. Well, Herb just went down he did. Uh, with, a, with an injury yesterday. Bones 
I think was healthy but didn't play. Is that right? I didn't catch all of yesterday's yeah, games. Yeah, but... Dr. Dr. Michael Malone, um, yeah, was up to his usual tricks. He was cleared and ready to go, but Doctor just didn't really see something in him, I'm guessing, and thought, yeah. thought he wasn't right. I'm, I'm pretty sure, unless they are losing their mind and then I play Ish Smith over Bones Highland every night, I think it was just, hey, he's just getting back into things and we're actually just crushing every team and we probably don't need to push him out there. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like Herb slightly, just I think because I... His minutes are a little bit more guaranteed. Bones is a bit up and down and more of a just a points. Um, can get some assists. I lean Herb slightly, but I think both of them can have value rest of the season. I probably lean Bones slightly, but yeah, it's it's marginal. Like one guy's going to get points assists, one guy's going to get steals and blocks. One guy's also injured, and I don't know how long Herb's going to be out. Bones will push up, and as people know, I'm a little bit of a skeptic on Bones. Is oh, not Bones on. Herb's long-term value, whereas I think someone like Trey Murphy might be a better player than him, um, and that might happen really soon. And that does bring us into that question from Joseph, who says, is Trey Murphy's current production sustainable when CJ and Ingram return? Well, I'll just immediately say no, because he's not playing 37 minutes a night when those two guys back. But let's reframe the question here from Joey and say, like, is Herb Herb Murphy? Is Trey Murphy going to be 12-team viable when they're fully stacked? Well... A little bit like you, I would hope so because I, I think he's a really good player. But based on what we have seen when they are healthy this season, possibly not. I think when they were healthy, he wasn't playing quite enough. He he wasn't. He was getting like some nights twenty five, some nights eighteen minutes. But the thing I would say there with him is that he plays these positions right where back a point guards campaign and Chris Paul right. Chris Paul goes down, campaign gets the minutes. But when Chris Paul comes back, it's not like if Booker goes down or if Bridges goes down that Payne gets those minutes. He's not worth holding. It's the same with when a center goes down. When a center goes down, a backup center comes in and plays those minutes, but they can't really find those minutes in other situations. If you're a two or three or a four, and you're in a position like, same goes almost with like a D'Anthony Melton in Philly, but with Trey Murphy, like if Herb is out, if Zion is out, if Ingram is out, Murphy gets the pick, right? He's the one who goes up. It's not like there's a specific backup shooting. It's like, well, um, Ingram's out, so let's play Garrett Temple 30 minutes. And uh, Zion's out, so let's play Jackson Hayes 30 minutes. It's like, whoever's out of those guys, he's the one who pushes up. So there's yeah, triple the pathways versus a backup point guard or a backup center um, in those scenarios. So like Jose Alvarado's getting the minutes because CJ's out. But if Ingram went out, Jose Alvarado wouldn't get the minutes. And I think that's important to note. So while there might be some issues I've been playing 22 minutes a night when they are fully healthy. You've got so many different avenues there for them not being healthy that I think he probably is worth a hold. And I really like him. I think they're going to, they should find a way. It's like, and there's going to be, there's another question in here about the Pelicans. We might as well just stay on the Pelicans, but I can't find the question. Like Dyson Daniels, like he's good, but where, where does he get the minutes? That's the question. What do you, th- what are you doing with, the, what are you doing with Dyson Daniels? If I can find that question. Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I actually watched, quite a bit of that game because um, I like both teams and and Daniels was really impressive uh, when he was on the floor both ends a lot of energy um, yeah look I think if if Herb misses time if Ingram's not back if CJ's not back I'd take a flyer on Daniels and see what happens um, he's not going to play as you said where are the, where are the minutes coming from when they're healthy um, deep leagues though I, I'd certainly be giving him a look yeah, look, he was out of the rotation, right? But the two back-end guys in their rotation were Najee Marshall and Devontae Graham, who, let's be honest, are spuds. Like, mm. they're not very good. And the only thing holding Dyson Daniels back from getting those minutes is the fact that he's a rookie and coaches have an inherent bias against rookies. But at some point, he's going to gain the trust. And they're going to say, yeah, Devontae Graham, you're going 0 for 6 from 3 helps nobody. And Najee Marshall doing whatever it is you do, like, it's not useful. So there is there is 15 minutes there available for him now. Is that going to make a difference in 12-10 leagues? Almost definitely not. But 
Yeah, and, he, and he's not taking a job from Jones or McCullum or Ingram or Zion or Murphy. Right? So at best, he's the seventh man at, at best. And there's Larry Nance. So he's at best, he's the eighth guy. But that's important for deeper leagues. And it's always important to note when these guys are out and we had two starters out and then the third went down, that he's going to be really useful. And we obviously saw that um, in that game yesterday. <clears throat> okay. It's, uh, I probably don't need to ask any more um, Pelicans questions. Except back to the Wolves. Nikki Ferguson says, is Cat a drop in a 12-10 points league? Uh, wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Your league has to be with some weird settings. And again, you, you, I'm guessing your league doesn't have injured reserve, which makes it a trash league. Sorry to you and your league, Nick, and your league mates, but it's ridiculous to have a, a, in a situation where you have to consider dropping a bloke like Carl anthony Towns, who's a second-round player at worst, who's going to be out, let's say, six weeks maximum, where you have to even consider dropping him. It means your league's bad, and it's badly run. And I, I don't even apologize for saying that that league is trash. I think you have to hold on to him because what happens in this league now, if you drop him, the person that's in first grabs him, sits on him and becomes unbeatable. Look, that yep. He comes back and you, can, you can't beat that player. They get a free first round, second round player off the waiver wire. So no, you don't drop him. Even if it means you, you lose the league, you don't drop him because it just means that someone else is guaranteed to win the league. So yeah, there you go. Thanks. Um, next question. Another one on, on dropping players. I don't know what to do with, with Cade, but we'll talk about that. Maybe a bit later. Hamburglar says, do you think Keegan Murray's best case scenario is in Yahoo points? Where are you at with Keegan? Getting lower. Um, yeah, he's. I've, I've held him in a couple of spots but, and, and I can get away with it in those leagues, but it's, yeah, it's pretty rough. He's not, he's not really doing anything at the moment. Yeah, he's, no. his shooting's a little bit better, but my, my concern is they want to win. And he's not contributing yeah. to winning and his minutes are low and Malik Monk's better than him. And that means he plays 25, 26. I think we hit January, February, he plays 30 minutes, but I'm not sure the actual upside is going to be worth it. So he'll have a stretch of top 100 numbers, but I'm not sure. It's going to, as you said, like there'll be some spots where you can survive the nonsense, but in others, you're just not going to be able to. And I think that's, I think that's pretty straightforward. We'll get back to more questions in a second. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends, for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. Kingy, do you reckon that betonline.net would have Australia as favourite favourites for the World Cup now? <laughs> I hope so. They I probably think they should. should. Yeah, look, yeah, I, I, I think so. As a legitimate betting site, like that's that that'd be the way to go. So if you're looking to place a bet on Australia to win the World Cup and to smash Argentina at least four 0 I reckon, in this upcoming game, betonline.net is going to have that all for you. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's get back to questions. Um, okay. Is Brook Lopez a sell high? Like, all right, what do you do with Brook Lopez? Because this is 25% of the season and he's been really good. I'll reframe this question. Is he a sell high? Yes. Is anyone buying at that price? No, so probably not a sell high. But yeah, is Middleton's return going to impact him, do you think? Oh, I think it maybe slightly um not not too much i don't along with you i don't think he's a sell i mean he technically yes he's probably a sell high but as you said no one's going to give you value so you might as well just hold him and and keep it going i mean he's looked really good he's looked healthy um defensively he's where he was sort of in peak brook lopez time somehow oh, he's, he's better than that somehow i don't know how yeah. that's possible it's uh, yeah, I'd just hold him and, and see. There's no one coming for his minutes, really. That's um, true. Like he, he, so, yeah, I mean Middleton, yeah, maybe has a small impact, but nothing that's gonna 
I think, impact his value too much. Um, someone's asked a question here, which is just an interesting comment. It says, forget these low-level players. Talk about top 50 players and trades. No, because trades are something that you get wrong all the time, and there's so much context involved in them, and breaking down one person's individual trade, I don't think it's helpful for anyone. Do I trade four players here for these five players, which completely changes my team? Like, No. I don't. There's not that much interest to me, Kingy, in talking about like top ten or top twenty guys all all, you know, all the time. I know they've got the big names, but they don't actually change that much in fantasy. Like the the margins are finding the guys going up and going down and moving, you know, guys who are struggling and guys who are really blowing up. Anyway, I just wanted to highlight that. Um. Okay. The Bucks made a great decision holding Brook Lopez out a lot last season. He had back surgery. They didn't hold him out. He just had back surgery. Like that's. I don't think they would have preferred that. I don't think they made a good decision. He just. At a rooted back. What's the best case scenario, Aria says, for the Bronco Jalen Williams, who's starting to look pretty good, Kingy, but all right, let's let's reframe this a little bit. Him versus Keegan Murray, like who do you think has got the fastest path to relevancy? Jalen Williams. I agree. Yeah, I think he was, I mean, we saw yesterday with uh with Shay out, um I, I got Jalen Williams active in all my leagues, even though I had Yesterday, I had most of my rosters sort of fully fully stocked, so I had to pick which players not to play. I, I was pretty comfortable going with Jalen Williams. Um, given what we've seen, he's, he's playing 30 minutes some nights, even with Shea there. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's Jalen Williams quite comfortably. Yeah, there's a lot of inconsistency, obviously, with with his minutes and playing time. But I think at some point, he's going to push into the giddy, dort, Shea level of, like, you just get 28 a night every night and you lock into a role, whether that's starting or coming off the bench, I don't actually care, but he's going to lock into a regular role at some point versus you know 30 minutes and 24 minutes and 22 minutes. I think he's going to lock in, and he's going to be really good. Man. And it's, it's, it's a little bit luxury stashy, but I, I agree. I think I'd probably rather him than Keegan at this point. Here's a question that I don't know the answer to. Andy Walker, do you have a projection on Bol Bol's minutes on a healthy roster, or is it just impossible at this point? I think it's pretty impossible. And we just heard that Wendell Carter's out for a couple more weeks. I find it impossible to suggest that Bowl would play 31 minutes a night when Fultz is not on a minutes restriction, when Anthony's not on a minutes restriction, when Carter is back, when Suggs is playing, when Harris is not tweaking his hammy. Like, it's impossible for me to suggest that they will start Bowl on a healthy team. Like, I, I see no logical reason for them to do that, apart from people think Bowl is fun and that a player compared him to Victor Wembanyama. Like, that's, he, he's not, but that's, that's to me there. But maybe you've got a different thing. Do you think that he's pushed himself so high above that he's ahead of Fultz and ahead of Suggs and ahead of Anthony in this team's pecking order? Or where do you see his role lying? Because I, I feel like, yes, then people are like, oh, you just biased, you just hate Bol. I just, I, I do not see a logical team construction where he gets minutes over those guards and plays 30 a night every night for the rest of the year. No, I mean, I think he's played himself into a bigger role than we For sure. than we anticipated. Yep. Um, and when they are healthy, yes, there's there's not a, a clear path to 30 minutes a night. I guess, and, and I mean, I get asked this, I'm sure you do, do we sell high on bowl? Do we try and offload him now? Potentially, yes, but I mean, are the, are the Magic ever going to be healthy this season? I, that's the other question. Like Gary Harris went down again yesterday with hamstring soreness. That's probably a month out. Um Given, given Gary Harris's yeah. track record, um, yeah, Voldemort, he's not. Uh, I don't think he's coming back. Carter's out. Like they're they're just going to rest guys. They're going to sit them. So I don't know if they ever are healthy this season. And he could just be the healthy guy that that gets thirty minutes. So there is a chance, but it's 
yeah, it's not there when they when they do have everyone available. There's a couple of things to say there. The, the wild thing is that you're talking about that Bowl's going to be the healthy guy when he missed like two mm. or three seasons with a broken foot is crazy. And the fact that we, we not we, but people in general don't ascribe the, man, I'm never drafting this guy. He's always injured. Anthony Davis, Christos Porzingis, Kawhi Leonard. Like this bloke broke his foot like three times and had a trade literally, literally rescinded because he failed a medical. Yet we're like, man, well, he's just going to be fine. The rest of them, they'll all just fall over. But this guy, he's, he's indestructible. Like, what are we talking about? Last season, he literally got traded twice and didn't play for one of those teams and had another trade rescinded. He just got traded three times to the Pistons, failed to the Celtics, and then back to the Magic, right? Yet we're thinking this guy's indestructible. And I agree with you. The Magic won't ever be fully healthy. But I also feel pretty confident in saying they'll be healthier than they are now when there was like eight or seven rotation players yeah. out. And yeah. yeah, Carter's out at the moment. Harris is out, but you're going to have Anthony and Fultz and Suggs and all those guys coming back. And yes, he is clearly ahead of Bumba because Bumba's terrible, right? He's ahead of a KK because I think a KK might be terrible as well. But that doesn't mean, yeah, this is not me saying that he's a droppable player. But the thing is, you say, yeah, is he a sell high? Then yeah, because there are some people who literally think this guy's the second coming of God and he's like coming out there and he's like, he's going to consistently. I saw someone, there was this crazy Reddit thread about it yesterday saying that, uh, that, that the trend for bowl is actually trending up. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, how, how can you look at all this and say, you know, he's actually going to get better from here? That, that, that is where you go, all right, so if I've got him, I'm finding that person and I'm trading him to him because I don't see how he could possibly get better from here. You could, you could make the argument maybe that he maintains this current level of production of top 50. I, I don't agree with that, but you could maintain that. To get better from here, that, that feels crazy and that, is how you do a sell high. Is you find that person who's you know really got the the lube on the hands and is ready to go. Um, is AJ Griffin an ad in the sixteen team nine category league? Uh I think he might be uh, in a sixteen team. Uh, what Hunter went down yesterday. Collins went down yesterday. Uh, Collins, I think, will miss time. Uh, it, yeah. it, it wasn't a good one. Um, I didn't see Hunter's injury, but I think it was just quad soreness or something. So it was a. He was questionable before the game with that same injury, and it flared up. So you'd think that maybe he misses some time. It wasn't like a big acute, like, oh, something ripped or something like that. It was like he had the issue beforehand. Um, it flared up again. I expect he yeah. misses a game or two, but Collins is like looks like a minimum a week to two weeks to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think, I mean, well, yeah. So my answer to this is, is I'd probably just add him and see what happens. Yep. And I've had I had someone ask me, is a Kongwu an ad now that Collins? Is out. Are they going to play Capella and Okongwu? I don't think so. <laughs> I think we saw that yesterday that they're not, and no, they can't. They're not. They're not. So they played Jared Culver and Vic Krejci instead of yeah. playing those two together. Yeah. So if they're doing that, then there's no way they're going Okongwu, and it's a shame. I'd like to see more minutes for Okongwu, but it's not going to happen. I'd like to see it too, but people overrate the impact that that he can possibly. There were so many people telling me, man, they're just waiting for a chance to trade Capella so that they can give the keys. So people love just frothing these younger guys. And someone tell me that the Raptors are going to trade Pascal Siakam so they can give more touches to Scotty Barnes. Like, are you kidding me? Like, we just need to settle. Like, Okongwu is good and he can be a starter, but this is not what's happening. Ben says, any chance of Bagley maintaining top 100 value? Has he got top 100 value now? He's been pretty solid the last couple of games. But also remember that I think in like four of the last six games, Jalen Duran's played more minutes and closed the game over him. So he's had a couple of good games. He's also still not that impactful on the court. And I think he still is a rosterable player at this point, which is you know crazy to think. But my issue with Bagley is not that he can't put up numbers because he can put up points and rebounds. We've seen that, Kingy, so many times. It's that I don't think he's a good enough player to, to merit the minutes. And we're sort of seeing that. Like, he's still producing in 22, 23 minutes, but as a 22-minute-a-night guy with a rookie getting better, 
stealing minutes from him already. Like I, I have some concerns that that's going to last all season. Yeah, he. I just pulled up his numbers. So yeah, he's a top one hundred player. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's not. It, a lot of that is coming off his field goal percentage. Having a look at his stats, there, he, he's been efficient. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I mean, if they keep giving him minutes, you keep rolling with him. But exactly, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced they will. Well, although it's Dwayne Casey. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I think I haven't added him anywhere and I haven't sort of gone, oh, man, I should have added him. I'm regretting not having him on my roster. But he, yeah, I mean, he's been putting up numbers. So just roll with him and, and see what happens. He's, he's played better this season than at any other point in his career. Like he has played decently. He's improved his three balls, improved his free throws. And that is really important to providing fantasy value. I still think he's a horrific defender who's an absolute black hole and never yeah. passes. And that to me has limitations in being a center. Like that you can't defend, you can't move the ball and you're not hyper, hyper efficient. But he has improved a lot and he's putting up good numbers. But where that goes long-term, I still don't believe in him as an impactful NBA player. And at some point when you've got a really good lottery talent center behind him, that those 23 minutes maybe become 20 minutes as Duran gets 28. But roll with it for now and just have some skepticism about how long it lasts. The next question, Adam King. Let's find out what this good one will be. All right, I'll ask this one from the Mazinator but also transition into something else. Do you think Sadiq Bey will get traded? I don't really care whether he gets traded or not. I think he's also not very good. But do you think he's a 12-team league droppable player? Because I clearly do. Uh, I think he... Yeah, look, I, I think he probably can be. I've got him... I think I have him in one league, and all I need is points. I don't need anything else from him. And he, he does that semi-regularly. Um, but I have seen him on waivers in a couple of my leagues, and I haven't run out to grab him. So I think that's... a as we've said multiple times, that's normally the indication for me. If I'm going to drop a player, I sort of think, well, is he going to be snapped up really quickly? And if the answer is no, then you're okay to drop him. Yeah, he's also, look, and we just talked about Bagley and Duran and Isaiah Stewart. The fact is that he was playing, he's averaging 31 minutes a night, but when he comes off the bench, he's not going to average 31 minutes a night. I think that's relatively clear. Like he's just, if they're going to play Bagley and Duran all 48 minutes at centre, right, and there's Bogdanovich, who's going to play at the three, Stewart's going to play at the four. There's just no way that he can play 30 minutes a night. And yeah, even over his last 12 games, he's under 30 minutes a night. He's also shooting a putrid 27% on three. And this this guy's big selling point is he's a three and D player. Well, I think his defense sucks and he's not a good three-point shooter. So what's he actually providing? And as much as I criticize Dwayne Casey, he's right to bench him. He's not that good. And he's not someone that you should be looking at to, to build around or to prioritize in a lineup. And I think that's the right, not that I think there's Hilly Stewart playing at the fours, the right decision, but I also don't think Bay is very good. All right. I know the answer to this one, but I want your opinion in general. That's sports entertainment. Says TJ Warren to pick up in a 10 team points league. Like absolutely not in a 10 team league. Like you're joking. You're right. Like this is a guy that hasn't played in two years. He's going to sit back to back. He's going to be on minutes restrictions and you're in a shallow ass league anyway, but let's reframe this question. Would you add TJ Warren anywhere? And if so, what sort of league? I, I actually saw that he'd come off the injury report, so I knew we'd get a TJ Warren question. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the answer to this is no. 12-team uh, league, no. 14-team, probably no. 16, maybe, but even then... 16, I would I would do it. Uh, yeah. There are guys out there. There are players who are available in leagues like that. Like I don't know if anyone here is watching this, it's in a 16-team league, but guys like Jeremiah Robinson, will probably sit on your waivers in a 16-team league. Yeah, Dyson Daniels is probably there on a 16-team league. Like Naz Reed might be available in a league like that. Um, yeah, Avlako Chanchar, who's getting some minutes there in Denver at the moment. Some of that's Porter out, but like these guys have, especially like a Reed and a Robinson Earl, like these guys have solid value 
And they're sitting on a lot of waiver wires, whereas I don't know what I'm going to get. For. TJ Warren's value is, hey, give me usage and give me scoring. How much is he going to get of that when Kyrie and KD are there? And then there's other shooters like Curry and Harris who are getting touches. Like, And the bloke hasn't played for two years. Like he's one of the, no offense to the bloke, because it's not his fault. It's one of the slowest healers in the history of the world. And any sort of little hit that he gets, like you're worried that's going to be a six-month injury because it, that's happened it's so many times with this guy. And I have no trust in that. And they're definitely not doing it in a 10-10 league. If you, there, is, there is no problem, Kingy, with taking a crack at someone, like just taking a flyer and saying, we'll see what happens. Most of the time, I'm not going to bother with it. And I'd be really cautious about who I'd be dropping. But if you have that streaming spot, if you've got someone like Sadiq Bey on the back end of your roster and you want to drop him, who cares? Like I'm, You're not going to rush back to pick him, as you just said. But the odds of that working out, and we have to try and play odds some of this, yeah, most of this time, Like that's like a 2% chance of TJ Warren being useful in 10 or 12 team leagues. And it's probably just not worth the ad or worth the opportunity cost of grabbing someone else in that position. Yeah, and I think we. I mean, you have to remember back. It's, I mean, it's been so long since he played, but he he has a pretty be a long history of head injuries as well. He he was out for like months with a headache. Um, yeah, a non concussion head injury, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, so it's not going to take much to put him on the sideline again. So, um, yeah, look, it's good that he's back. It'll be interesting to see how he fits if he if he can come back and play well. He can add a lot for the Nets, but yeah, I'm not convinced he can do that. But a lot of people shit on Ben Simmons for like the mental health stuff. TJ Warren has has documented issues with anxiety that has prevented him from playing at, at times from what I, un, I understand or just having issues with um, the pressure of, of injuries and that sort of stuff that's impacted him. And I think maybe that's to do with some of the recovery stuff. But this guy, like he was great in Indiana in the bubble. The games before he got hurt in the season weren't good. Like he had what a six game stretch of being unbelievable and people just hold on to that. They love it. They love that value. All right, Hamburglar, do you think Dennis Smith retains value when he and Ball are back? No, I, d- I don't, because I don't think he's going to play 25 minutes. I think he's going to play 18 minutes tonight, and that's fine to stream in for steals and blocks, but I don't really see too much else there. Yeah, agreed. I think much, much a little bit like 16-team league, maybe you, you pick him up, because he can get you some assists and some steals. He's a really good defender in terms of production. He's a great defender. So, I think he's a really good defender. Yeah, so deep league's... Yeah, 18 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, that's probably enough. But yeah, in a, in a standard league, no, I don't think so. Yes, Haywood is out, right? But I don't think they're going to run Ball Rogier-Smith many times. Um, it's going to require Rogier being out or Ball being out for him to be 12-team worthy. And I just don't think it's worth holding on to someone expecting those things to happen. When do I think Ball will return? Heard maybe not this year. Which Ball? This Leangelo, Lamello, Lonzo? Because one of them's not in the NBA and two of them are hurt. So let's let's talk Lonzo then. When do I think Lonzo Ball returns? Heard maybe not this year. I don't think Lonzo's coming back this season. And if he does, I don't think it's coming back until February or All-Star break at the earliest. This report, people latch onto these things, King, this report from Shams the other day saying, oh, there's optimism that he will return when the calendar uh, flips over to 2023. So people go, oh, he's back early January. That's not what that means. That means that at some point in 20, it means it's ruling him out for 2022. But it also means that at some point in 2023, there's hope he can come back. And then literally one day later, the Bulls come out and said, yeah, look, his knee's still rooted. He's got pain. He can't jump. He can't cut. He can't move. And it's a slow process. So this does not mean early January is a return. It might mean that, but it definitely doesn't mean that. It's not. That's not what that's saying. So I still think all-star break. And, and I still think that there's probably a greater chance than anything that Lonzo doesn't play this season. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think... It, I mean, definitely not this year, Um yeah, I wouldn't say January, February at the earliest. I think it's nerve damage, nerve issues that yep. he's that he's struggling with. And and I've, I mean, obviously they're all different. But I've there have been football players that I know that have 
have basically their careers have ended because of nerve damage and nerve yep. issues. So it's a serious thing. So it's, yeah, they're not going to rush him back. They're not that good. Um, so no, they're shit yeah. Like they're bad. Like they're not good at yeah. all. And yes, he, him having him healthy would actually make them good. I think he's a very good player, hey. but, he, but, yeah. he's, but he's not healthy and he's not going to be healthy this season. And we've been done. Yeah. Covers does come back. Chris Middleton's due back Friday. Kingy. Do you think he's going to sit back-to-backs? The Bucks seem super careful with his return this time. Yes, they were super careful because they don't need to push him back. But there also was, I believe his father passed away in the yep. middle of that rehab process, which did set him back a week or two for grief, which obviously is completely understandable. Um, I don't really see why there's any reason that he would sit back-to-backs as a regular thing. Maybe in his first one back, just for conditioning's sake, but it's his wrist. Like it's not a lower body thing. It's not a thing that he's got to deal with the stress and pounding on those limbs or that injury. It's his wrist. I think it's, I don't even know if it's his shooting wrist or not. So I, I don't think that should be any sort of long-term concern. It will just be a conditioning thing. And these guys are elite athletes. It doesn't take them long to get back to full conditioning unless their name is he who shall not be named in Orlando. They can get back to full conditioning like that. Like they're straight away. So maybe he misses one back-to-back. I don't think it's going to be an ongoing thing for a wrist surgery. It's not a knee surgery. It's not a foot surgery. It's not an ankle issue. Um, I don't think there's any problem with him playing back-to-backs as a regular thinking? No, I don't think so. No, if it, if it was a knee or an ankle or something, maybe. But, yeah, it's a risk. So he should have been out there doing, like, most things. Um, his conditioning should be decent enough. Uh, so, yeah, as you said, maybe if they have a back-to-back early um, in terms of when he returns. I'm not sure what their schedule's like. But, I'll bring yeah, that up. Maybe, maybe he misses one. But I think... Yeah, beyond one to two weeks, I think he'll be almost back to 30, 32 minutes a game. Well, here we go. He is due back on Friday, and then they play on Saturday. So there is a back-to-back there, and they don't have another one until the new year. So he might miss that one back-to-back, and that would be it. I wouldn't expect that he misses any other back-to-backs after that initial one that he is. And there is a chance that he doesn't play the Friday-Saturday combo. That's a possibility. But then you don't have to worry about it, and then it, then it's done after that, and they just don't have a back to back for at least at least the next month after that. Okay, Yosemite Ham asks, Sexton's been playing well lately. I guess that's that's in the eye of the beholder. They've what won one out of their last six since uh, he's been starting. Any chance Utah leans into the tank more? Well, more would be leaning into it more than zero. And rides with Colin Moore when Conley returns. Absolutely not. Mike Conley is... Larry's been great. Mike Conley is what makes everything run for that team. They love him there. And they're not going to bring him back and sit him on the bench so that Colin Sexton can play, who I don't think has been particularly impressive. And they were running Sexton as their fourth guard when everyone was healthy. I don't think they love him as this future point guard. And I I don't think they're leaning into a tank. They just smashed the Clippers yesterday. So I'd be... You can't rule anything out. But I'd be mildly surprised, King, if that happened. Yeah, I don't think, and and by playing well, I guess you mean putting up stats, which he has been doing, okay. and we know we know he can do that. That's why we were moderately high on him this season because we thought they'd just pump thirty minutes into him and he'd he'd get you twenty points um, a night. So yeah, he has been getting stats, but I think I think we've seen that they want to win, and once Conley's back, he, he's pretty key. Uh, as we've seen over the last two weeks, they've only yesterday was their first win um, in a long time. So yeah, Conley's uh, good. He is very good. Last question, and then you've got to go. JP Lawrence says, Quentin Grimes, what's the appeal? He gets so many minutes, but what's he going to do with them? The answer, JP, is probably nothing. Where are you? What are you doing with Grimesy, who played, like, he's playing 30 minutes a night. He's sort of pushed Reddish and quickly into smaller roles. He'll have the occasional blow-up performance, which comes on either, like, eight assists, not realistic, or 85% shooting, not realistic. To me, he's a 16-team league guy, and I don't really see an appeal to do anything further unless there are multiple injuries. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I think I put this in my recap yesterday. He's 
Yeah, I mean, he's getting minutes, he's starting, but I'm not really touching the Knicks where, wherever I can avoid it. Um, we've seen Hartenstein, he's he's being, I mean, he has, does have Achilles thing going on, but they're not using him properly. Um, Quickly's up and down, Grimes is in and out, Reddish is getting minutes. I'm just not touching any of these Knicks guys and, and Grimes included. That's fair enough. I am very, very similar to that. Kingy. That'll do it for us and the mailbag today. Tell people where they can find you and what you're doing that they can uh, consume. Uh, yeah, it's just at AdamKing91 on Twitter. Um, we're just doing our regular Clutch Time shows at the moment, so doing a streaming, sort of Sunday streaming show. And we normally do one on a Wednesday, although B-Dub, um, he's very busy with his <laughs> with his family at the moment. So, um, yeah, finding time for him is a bit tricky, but... Uh, yeah, over on Twitter, really, is where most of my stuff is. Go follow Kingy over there and follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Actually, I'll say bye. Thanks, Kingy. Thanks for coming on and doing it. No worries. Thanks, mate. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And when you're here on YouTube, please thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Ring that bell. And of course, subscribe. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>